Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young business leaders, welcome to the YBT podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitaki, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 113. Uh, Today, I kind of alluded to it a little bit in the previous podcast, um, but I want to talk a little bit about my experience and some of the guys that I went with uh, as experience visiting Chick-fil-A corporate. So uh, it was about two weeks ago, I believe. Uh, we had the opportunity through executive experiences to fly out for the day, meet with Chick-fil-A corporate, tour the facilities, uh, get to meet some of their upper level executives, uh, check out their innova- their innovation facility uh it's giant warehouse dedicated to innovating uh the the restaurants the products the flow of things very uh exciting to kind of see the amount of thought process that goes into uh what makes chick-fil-a so special and uh kind of ended the day with a uh very intimate meeting with Dan Cathy and Dan is the son of Truett and he has taken over the Chick-fil-A empire. Uh, and he just, uh, Pretty much blew my expectations out of the water in terms of uh, like a CEO over a large company. I think that when I think about uh, Chick-fil-A, I think about a lot of stuff at the store level. But I think sometimes you 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 forget that there's like a there's a corporate entity behind it, and so that culture is being set at that corporate entity, and then it's it's just raining down to all these individual locations. And so I'm excited to talk about that. And I actually have a guest uh, joining me today, Kellen Cowan. He was on the podcast before. He actually went uh, with me to the um, to the Chick Fil A corporate event, and so I invited him to come on because we were just. Uh, uh, as we were kind of processing everything that we had learned and and, and that we'd experienced, uh, I just to do, said to him, hey, man, I think this would be an awesome opportunity uh, to just kind of share some of the things that we experienced. Uh, and, and hopefully, uh, as you listen to this podcast, as you kind of tune in to hearing things that we're talking about, maybe it inspires you, maybe it encourages you, maybe it's something that uh, you 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 could take into your business, into your leadership journey. So first of all, Kellen, welcome. Say hello to the audience, if you don't mind. And uh, we'll go ahead and jump into this. Yeah, Evan, thanks for uh, having me. This is Kellen Cowan, I run New Wave Solutions. Uh, so yeah, we, as we were unpacking that Chick-fil-A trip, it was intense. I mean, we, we did a lot in a very short period of time, um, but that, that was a good time. And I, as you, Evan, uh, was really surprised uh, at how Dan Cathy even entered a room. Just yeah. the, the presence of the guy, how comfortable he was. Uh, it was very apparent that he would replaced himself as far as management roles or any administrative roles in, in Chick-fil-A because he sat down and said, hey, you know, we want to we want to value your time. Dan. He's like, man, I got time for you. He said, yeah. people are hungry that want to learn, um, that, that want to pour into people. I've got all the time in the world. 
Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the whole conversation really started with him talking about being in a posture of service. Uh, so Arthur Greeno, Arthur has been on the podcast too. He's a, a the Chick-fil-A operator here in Tulsa. He's one of them. And, uh, uh, he, he kind of pointed to a real world example of, uh, Dan being that, uh, having that service mentality and being in that posture of service, uh, he basically said that Dan is always picking up trash around the campus. And, uh, for whatever reason he had gotten the trash from Dan right before Dan walked up, uh, in front of us and, and Arthur had it in his hand. And it's just, uh, it's one of those things that you, you kind of hear about it on the Disney level. Um, but and I think Lee Cockrell's talked about it too. Like that's something that he's always doing. And I think it's just a real world application to constantly remind yourself to be in that posture of service. Yeah, I think it is as well. You know, something that was unique to me, Evan, I think I had a couple conversations because um, I was a little bit all over the place when we first got there. I talked <laughs> to every Chick-fil-A employee I could find was not only the, the posture of service and picking up trash that we saw in Dan and the stories he recapped of, Truett, his dad, but every story I heard from every employee that had some tenure there about Truett, and they all yeah. revolved around time given or an action taken in service. And in this kind of beautiful um, remark came across everybody's faces, they had joy in sharing those moments. I mean, that guy, you know, he's passed now, made an impact on those people's lives. And in just a moment, they shared the entire culture of Chick-fil-A with us through a story about Truett. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime that uh, you kind of think to yourself, I don't know what a difference one single person can make. I don't, I don't think in my role that I can impact people or I, I can make that big a difference. I think true would, 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 would say, and I think he's emulated through kind of his legacy at Chick-fil-A is that you absolutely can. And I think some of it is just those little tiny moments. I mean, we, we actually gotten to go in, uh, we got to go into Truett's office and, uh, and hear some of the stories about, um, Truett as a, a CEO in terms of the time that he would take for guests, the time that he would take for the, the people that would come. And I think one of the things was, uh, anytime there was kids that would come through, even if it looked like he was in, in a, a very serious meeting, uh, he would, stop the meeting and spend time with those kids and he would be 100% engaged with them. And uh, they even said something to the effect of like some of the offices, they've kind of started converting into open space, open air type uh, uh, communal space. And uh, they had to windows because Truett would see people walking through the building and he would literally walk out of the meetings. And so he was getting to the point where he was so focused on service and investing in people uh, that he became ADD with it and they couldn't get anything done. But I think that definitely spoke to and made an impact in, in, in the upper level executives and in, in the culture of the organization that, that Truett was able to embody that. And now that's something that they always point back to as a uh, example of, of what they're trying to continue to attain from a cultural standpoint. I mean, anytime that you look at somebody like Truett and, and, and can see the example that he uh, personified, that's the kind of culture that they want to be. And he can be that example and be that legacy moving forward that they're, you know, that they're trying to um, continue to emulate moving forward uh, into the second and third generation of the business. Absolutely. What, what stuck out to me in those instances too, Evan, was as it relates to culture and other people, uh, he described the kids as, as the next generation and the most important thing. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and that was said by three different professionals when we were at Chick-fil-A. They recapped exactly how he said it was he was very bold about what he believed in all the time. And mm-hmm. you that some of them would kind of joke as it's distraction, but it's the stories they're telling us, right? They took the time to share that story with us. So it makes an impact. And as you walk through Chick-fil-A, I mean, we walked into that uh, nice facility and then got driven drove around to other buildings and it's it's a whole industrial park in itself and from building to building those are the stories that were told was what the man was bold about yeah and when you think about the size too like he was able to impact pretty much everybody at every level that uh that we experienced um Everyone had a story about Truett, and I actually, I don't think you sat at my table for lunch, but uh, I got to sit next to uh, Mark Cathy, and Mark is the grandson. So he, man, he obviously had Truett as a grandpa, which is awesome, but at the same time, like, I sometimes I feel like as you get generations down, sometimes that generation wants to separate themselves from the previous generation or they, they want to kind of make their own path and make their own way. And I didn't get that from Mark at all. The, the thing that I got from Mark was like just the, the true awe and admiration that he had for, for Truett. And the, and he was truly inspired to kind of carry that, that on to the extent that, you know, he wanted to be a part of the business, obviously. Uh, but at the same time, he, he wanted to be more than just a part of the business. He wanted to continue the legacy of the business. Yeah, he absolutely did. And Paul uh, asked Dan about that same uh, fact when it involves family. And, and Dan's response was one I'd actually never heard before, Evan. He dove into this work-life balance. And I love what he said, um, because as what we consider a, a Christ-based organization, right? They yeah. said, well, we're not, we're not a Christian organization. We live this business by biblical principles. Um, that was very apparent. But he said there's no work-life balance. You, you have a purpose and you just live life and family's a part of that um, because we start isolating. And that means that church is only for Sunday and God's only for Sunday. I thought that was interesting, but he was so um, bold and excited about bringing Dan and then bringing his grandson into the facility. And he recapped some of the highlights. He made special moments for them so that it wasn't just the small challenges they saw. They saw the highlights and he made those a big deal about how exciting work can be and accomplishments and how to pour into people. That was a staple in Truett's life. Yeah. I love how we're talking about work-life balance because when we look at, um, family business or even just our kids. So, uh, Dan was talking about this in terms of like making sure that you take the time to have your kids come to your office and see you work, see you talk on the phone, see you, uh, essentially do what you're doing. And I, I, I had never thought of it as, as something that was, that was being important, uh, even to the extent of like projects around the house, like, and I'm, and I'm trying to do this cause it's tough, right? Like if you're working on a project and you, your kids are there and you're like, well, I'm just going to do this cause it'll be a lot faster. But we, what's happening is you're robbing them of that experience of seeing, uh, you work and also teaching them. And I think that it was, uh, very impactful for me, to hear Dan talk about that and almost encourage making sure that you involve your family, involve your kids in your business. And I think that's one of the reasons that his kids and his grandkids want to be a part of the business because they saw what it really was. It was not something that pulled him away from family, but it was an opportunity for him to infuse his family into that. And because of that, uh, they were able to 
catch the catch the dream, catch the culture, uh, and, and and continue to carry on that torch uh, well beyond Troy. Oh, you're absolutely right, and that that's a hundred percent what hit me. I immediately evaluated what I include my my son in. Uh, he's four now, and how challenging that is. You had to have a servant's heart to slow down and everything you're yeah. doing to include your kids, and that's just who those that family is. That's who that facility is. And, and that's why, but it was inspiring. So I can only imagine Evan, um, just that short, short conversation he had with us um, because Dan makes time for people that if they share that with their employees, they're encouraging their employees to do the same thing. And he made a very intentional remark to say, Hey, even if you don't, if you're here, if you don't own a business, I'm telling you the same thing. Yeah. It's uh, anytime I can walk away from, from a meeting or like a speaker or a book that I'm reading or whatever else and find myself either convicted or challenged. I feel like that's something that I need to lean more into besides kind of infusing your family into the things that you're doing. What were some of the other things that you walked away with that were challenges for you moving forward? One of them definitely was, was one of their trademarks is the first effort uh, is easy. You know, the first smile is easy. The second yeah. one, the second one creates a relationship. The second one's from the heart. Yep. And they, they live that in every facet of what they do. And they constantly reevaluate it saying they don't look at the status quo. They don't look at the competition. They look at their processes, how they're treating people, putting service first, and they continue to improve upon that. They don't believe in the first try. They, they look at the heart of the second. Yeah. That was definitely one that, uh, I think, I think that when we walk through through business, and I, I think about my personal business, um, I almost feel like the first mile is like when you're walking in that customer's shoes. I feel like you're making a difference just by going the first mile. And I think that the challenge that I walked away with too is that second mile is one that I haven't even touched yet. And uh, I think it says a little bit about kind of the world that we live in that a lot of times people aren't even willing to go that first mile. And so it's easy uh, as a as a business in the service industry to stand out just by going that first mile and and going it because you know that there's going to be benefits to it, uh, and and you know that that's an investment. But when they talk about that second mile, going above and beyond, and that being something from the heart, I think that that's one of the things that I think we all should kind of take as a challenge of. Are we really in the business of people? Are we really in the business of helping others, uh, providing a good service for our clients and for our customers? Or are we just in the, the, the business that we're in solely to make money so that we can have a comfortable life, so that we uh, can have the status or the, the, uh, the accomplishments that we're trying to have? And I think what they were able to kind of challenge us with is that I think that second mile really is that gut check to say, what are you really doing this for? It absolutely was. And you touched on something, Evan. You said, um, you know, when we're driving profits and making money, they were very intentional to also tell us, hey, the more we make, the more we can give. Yes. That was their driver. Um, never been. And that's the other Sunday thing. I thought this was hilarious. We heard two different uh, executives say this when uh, a giant opportunity at the Super Bowl came up for a Chick-fil-A to be in there, but it's on a Sunday. Uh, true it. And then again, Dan would look at him and say, do you, do you think I need the money? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only reason to make money is to give money away. 
Yeah. And I'd heard that before. Uh, and that was actually a previous podcast with Mark Green with uh, Mardell and Hobby Lobby. And uh, I think that was actually the title of it is uh, something to the effect of uh, it. it there, It's good to make money or uh, man, what, you can find happiness in money uh, if and then the, the second part of that is if you give it away. And I think, again, that comes down to money is a, a tool. It's a resource that we can use for a lot of different things. And, and for, for me, especially in the beginning of my career, it was I, I want to be comfortable. I want to have certain things. I want to have that status. I want to have those all those different pieces. But as I get further into it and as I kind of start thinking about legacy and impact and influence and, and all those different things and, and, and building relationships, what I'm realizing is, and, and they demonstrated it for us, was the time. Time, if you don't have the money, per se, in the beginning to give away, to, to invest in other people, there is one resource that you do have that you can start with, and that's your time. And I think what I was really taken aback with was, I mean, there was some very high level executives that we talked to and we're, we were a bunch of CEO entrepreneur types coming in from, from Tulsa, Oklahoma, which were really just friends of Arthur, who is a Chick-fil-A operator. They didn't have to do what they did for us. And I don't think they charged us either. I mean, I mean, we took a full day of Chick-fil-A's top level, uh, executives time, uh, and, they didn't charge us a piece for it. And if anything, they, they, they encouraged us in what we, what we were doing. They kind of made a comment to, to Arthur and Corey, like, Hey, this is something that you should franchise. And I think what the message behind that was, is we need more things like this. We need more people that are willing to go out there and learn, but also get together, have fun, uh, challenge each other, develop those relationships because, you know, being in business can be very lonely at the top. And if you're not intentional with it uh if you're not willing to build those relationships it's going to be very empty uh when you kind of turn around and look yes you'll have the creature comforts you'll have uh some exclusivity you'll have all these different things uh but there's no there's no value in that in terms of fulfillment uh at least that's what i've noticed yeah they were very clear i mean even dan to share it right i mean i can't imagine what his net worth is um, but the most valuable thing and what filled him up was service yeah. and, and pouring into other people. I can only imagine too, Evan, taking a step back, what them serving us like that at no cost and other professionals that come into that facility and, and making that a standard for their executives to take time away from their job when they, they probably bill a lot an hour, right. Mm -hmm. um, to be servants to people coming in their facility does for their culture. They're just reinforcing their culture in a wonderful way. Yeah, it's 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 an opportunity for them to walk out that culture. And for for me on the outside and I'm assuming you as well, when you see that, everything else makes sense, right? So like walking into a Chick-fil-A or walking into or going through the drive-through and seeing some of the steps that they take and seeing the dedication that customers have to that brand and to that product, it all makes sense because they've they've kind of done the long-term strategy in terms of investing time, investing in people, investing in uh, courtesy. Uh, one of the things that Mark talked about was uh, that courtesy uh, is uh, cheap, but it pays dividends. And that was such an amazing quote 
uh, for me. Cause I always think of, when you think of Chick-fil-A, you think of my pleasure, right? You think of, you know, people serving you and you, and, and a lot of times it's these younger kids, right? I, I think back to when I was, you know, sub 21, uh, I, I was not saying I wasn't being courteous at all. And that's, that's a core value that they get to walk out there and, People notice that, and to the extent that Mark said, it pays dividends. It, 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 the byproducts of courtesy is loyalty, it's trust, it's patience. Uh, I, I would venture to say in the food industry, people, especially when you think of fast food, they want their things fast, but if you're courteous and you are going to do things with quality and you're going to take your time and you're going to invest in people, I think people are willing to wait a little bit longer uh, too, and so they're going to they're gonna give you grace uh, in, in that times when they're slammed, because I've yet to go to Chick-fil-A with the exception of like super early in the morning that that place hasn't just been slamming. And so people a lot of times get turned off by that, but I don't, I don't see that at Chick-fil-A. No. And they go the extra mile. We're talking extra steps. They'll meet you because they have twice the volume and they went over that. They make more than double what a single does at a Chick-fil-A. Those young 17, 16 year old kids are meeting you with a smile on your face at your car. You know, one thing I noticed, Evan, when you were talking about the culture um, and, and kind of that that mentality that you just described. So you picture that kid with a smile on his face in cold rain taking your order. Yeah, it's the same thing I felt when Dan Cathy walked in the room. From yeah. the CEO, I, I would guess mid sixties. I didn't look right. He's he's yeah. an older executive. That guy at the end of the day had more energy than all of us, and the uh-huh. same twinkle in his eye and the same smile on his face to be doing what he was doing. Yeah, you know, I, I I've noticed this with some of the I, I've had some opportunities to speak to some pretty high level people, and when I when I think of the the roles that they're in, right? Uh, I'm gonna guess millionaires, billionaires. Like these are guys that are responsible for hundreds of thousands of employees. Uh, there's just so much riding on every single thing. Dan talked a lot about stewardship, and I actually asked him a question about stewardship because you know stewardship in my mind is something that's easy when you don't have a lot to be a steward over, <laughs> but when you're in charge of a big company, you have a lot to be a steward over. But I've also noticed just in those conversations, a lot of these guys are stewardship minded there's just a piece on them. Like you, you notice the energy, the, the, the twinkle in the eye, like you never knew, like as far, like I wouldn't have been surprised if uh, Dan had just said the word and all of a sudden, like a bunch of cows parachuted, like those little stuffed animal cows had parachuted over top of us. Like, like it was almost like anything was possible. So he didn't take himself too serious, but he also just had this, like he wasn't stressed about work. He wasn't overwhelmed with the situation. I mean, we're in this innovation lab, right? That's, I'm going to guess over a hundred thousand square feet. And it's a huge amount of real estate dedicated to innovation. And in my mind, I'm just calculating the cost. I'm calculating like how much does it cost to do all this stuff? I mean, you got, you got chicken sandwiches down, you got chicken nuggets, you do some salads, you got some great lemonade, some great cookies, like, and you're, you've got the drive through figured out, like from an innovation standpoint, I feel like they've done it. They, they, they've pretty much cornered the market, but they're not satisfied with that to the extent that we got to see some cool products, uh, maybe beyond the store, uh, as well. But when you're kind of looking at all those different things and I get to talk to people like that, I'm, I'm looking not just at how they're dressed or what are listening to what they're saying, 
but how they're saying it, the the piece that's on them. I, I don't I don't uh, I don't pick up from a person like Dan uh, that a, he's a person with regrets. I don't I don't look at him as a person that's over that's easily stressed. And I would think that that would be something that you're just mulling over these heavy decisions and you're 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 constantly weighing these options. He has uh, just a, a, a piece about him in the role that he's in and with being as responsible as he is with all the different things, that is just something that I have such admiration for. And it's really, again, challenged me. Like, how do I do that in, in the job that I have? Kellen, how do you do that in the, in the role that you're in when you're trying to figure out, you know, hiring people, taking care of customers, and there's situations that you, you know, maybe get a little bit beyond what you could handle. Like, I feel like you and I maybe stress over the small things maybe more than we should. Oh, I definitely think we do. Um, you know, what what I'll say to that is I haven't figured it out yet. I came back from Brazil after a week with walking with God, though, and I had a crazy piece about me. So this is this is me being a little on and off topic, Evan. I want to go back um, when you said, because you did ask a specific question to Dan yeah. about um, – man, how do you handle the big stuff? You know, you guys were 200 people. Now you've got 2000 a corporate, you have, you know, 5.5 million a store coming in and, and just rattle it, rattle off the, some of the numbers. You remember what he told you? He said, it's not a big deal. He doesn't worry about it. Yeah. And then he, then he said, listen, when you're faithful, he said, it's easy. With the little yeah. things, he said, when you're faithful with the little things, you'll be faithful with the big things he yeah. went right back to a biblical principle. And he did that effortlessly because that's how that he lives his life a dozen times. I mean, it flowed like water mm -hmm. and that was, that was something that I've never boldly heard from a CEO before either. Yeah. I, and the, the hard part is like, I knew the answer, right? Like as I was asking the question, I was like, I know he's just going to say it's easy. If you're faithful with the small stuff, you'll be faithful with the big stuff. But I don't know. Um, for me, it, I, I just feel like, like we have principles, right? Like when we're talking about, uh, we're we're talking about being a servant leader. When we talk about, you know, being empathetic. When we talk about listening. When we talk about stewardship. Like these are all words. These were were just words to me a long time ago. Now they're starting to carry a lot more weight. So now when I'm when I'm talking to people like this, um, I want to I want to kind of hear it from them because they're they're walking it and they're living it. And I see the results and, and maybe I'm being a little bit uh, overly um, analytical on it, but I'm just, I'm looking for the cracks and I don't see the cracks. So it, it, what it's telling me is like, what he's saying is true. And I'm not saying that he's lying to, he was lying to me, but, but I think what I'm looking for and, and, and what I was, what I was kind of taking away from the entire experience was that it is possible that in these smaller things that we're doing that I can have peace now that I can have, I can have, um, that, that confidence in my decision-making, I can not have regrets, especially if I can kind of get that strong foundation, that, that servant, uh, uh, posture of service, that, that stewardship mentality. Uh, and, and that gives me hope and encouragement that, you know, as I continue to grow as a leader, that as the job and the responsibilities then grow with it, that the stress and the, the, the worry doesn't have to, 
Like I, I can take all of the expertise that I have now and I can take all of the, um, the lessons that I'm learning in this leadership journey right now and I can know uh, that I can step into a, a bigger, a greater role with confidence knowing that the, the principles that they've talked about and the, the time that I've had and the roles that I've been now have been proving grounds for me so that when I'm in those bigger roles, it's not going to uh, swallow me up and I'm not going to be crushed by the weight of the responsibility. Oh, absolutely. I think a little bit too um, from somebody that handles probably challenges the way we, we could just sense about him is, you know, he'll have time later. He's probably seen so many challenges come to fruition and not been as big of a deal as he could have made them that he yeah. just doesn't, he doesn't overthink the small stuff. I mean, stress mm-hmm. is a great thing for a deadline, but it's not going to help you with some of the challenges. Stressing out about it's not going to give you clarity to think about it. And he's just figured out how to to let go, uh, reevaluate, pull the right people in and, and knock it out. Um, and probably taking enough time to reflect to do exactly the season you and I are in. We're like, look back and everything's fine and go, God, I was worn out over that. <laughs> yeah, it's like how going from one kid to two kids. You look back at one kid and you're like, man, that was easy. I don't even know why I was stressing over the one kid. Now I got two and it's absolute craziness. And I'm sure it continues on with three and four. Oh, I'm sure it does. I'm not I'm not going to stick around to find that one out, but two's enough <laughs> for me. My next door neighbor has six, and uh, I'll babysit him once a month to remind myself of that. Yeah. I, I did want to ask you about one thing because uh, I've I picked this up, and uh, I, I feel like our personalities are, are kind of similar. Um, we we kind of have a – we ha- we both have a confidence to us, but we also have kind of uh, – I feel like – and tell me if I'm wrong here, we can kind of admit a, a, a professionalism about us. Right. Um, and so like, I'm not, I'm not a goofy guy. I'm not, I'm not a guy that, uh, that is going to be, you know, dressed up on Halloween at work. I'm not, I'm not going to be the kind of guy that just, uh, ju- just does goofy stuff. And I, and I, I say that it's, it's even hard for me to think about like what I would even do if I was being goofy. Uh, and I say that because, um, when they were talking about Truett and and kind of like he was still kind of was a little bit of a kid at heart and and uh, and he didn't take himself too seriously. And I feel like I take myself too seriously sometimes. And it's just because and probably it's just because it's a defense mechanism that I've developed over time that I that I need to kind of crack. But that was another one that kind of hit me. And I feel like you you are a, a little bit similar to me uh in terms of not overly goofy you like to have fun but maybe only in like certain settings did you kind of walk away from that that uh that experience at at Chick-fil-A and and say to yourself maybe maybe it's okay for me to let my guard down a little bit more and, and be a little bit more real or 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 do you even struggle with that no, I definitely do at work. I'm actually a huge goof when I'm not working. And as a, you know, 20 year old, just starting a business, I was, I was having a blast and a clown and still got my work done. And as I've accumulated, just as you have more and more responsibility, specifically over people, yeah. uh, with higher deadlines, um, more specific goals. I mean, I'm a lot more goal oriented than I used to be. My, I think my eyes on that prize a little too often. Yeah. Um, we'll still get there and I don't relax enough to just be myself like I am outside of work. If that answers your question, I, yeah. I dressed up in a Grinch onesie for Halloween with a cat bow tie on and had a blast, <laughs> um, but not at work because we've got stuff to do. And, and I exactly. think I, I stay a little bit too serious. And so I took a lot away from that. 
Yeah. Uh, because again, the thing that tracks back to that's the number one thing he said he learned from Truett. Dan Cathy said the one thing I, I learned from my dad, and he took big moments to show me, was never take yourself too seriously. Um, and we we saw that throughout all of his his stories. Uh, he went so far as to tell us that that morning he got invited to some large congressional um, banquet, and they said, mm-hmm. "Now, just so you know, uh, our, when you're an invited guest for the first time, you have to sing." And he got on a table and sang "Joy to the World." just because they cared him to right that was probably a highlight of his day i did kind of empathize with the person that was joking about that and and uh, thought it would be kind of funny and then just sitting there going oh my god he's actually doing it this is all my fault (laughs) i think that that's one of those things where you kind of joke because you feel like the, the person maybe would take themselves too seriously and would see through it and then when it actually happens but the cool thing is it lightens the mood right like i'm sure everybody joined in and had a had a good old time with it for me, it was it was one of those things. I was like, oh, you know, I I have this dry sense of humor, and I can I can do stuff with basically like no expression on my face, so people can't tell when I'm joking or not. And I I make the mistake of kind of doing the same thing with people I know and I don't know. So the people that know me know that I'm joking. The people that don't know me are like, man, that guy's a jerk. And so like I'm trying I'm trying to kind of find that balance of it because apparently I'm really good at it. Uh, I've talked about this, like where, you know, I, I originally thought that sarcasm was a, a, a superpower of mine and I'm trying to not be so sarcastic. Um, but at the same time, it's like when you're joking around and you're having fun, uh, you, you kind of need to make sure that you, you, you communicate both sides because when you are serious all the time and then you're serious when you're joking, nobody can tell. And so that, that, that's one of those things too, where it's like, all right, don't take yourself too seriously. Be able to have a little bit of fun because on the other side of this, and I I talk about this a lot. Um, I feel like relationship happens when you let your guard down, when you, when you, when you are in a situation and you make a mistake and you own it, people can relate to that. Uh, but if you're so polished and you're so professional and everything is perfect around you, then I think people have trouble becoming comfortable around you because they they want uh, they want to please you, right? They want they want you to be proud of them or to acknowledge them or whatever else. And so if you're serious all the time, there's just this unbright. There's this uh, what's the word for it? It's uh, unintentional stress that comes in. And I think that uh, one of the things that why it was so easy to listen to Dan and. Uh, for him to be so sincere was because I, I didn't feel like when he walked in that it was like the president of the United States walking in or uh, it, it, like a, a, a president and the CEO of this huge corporation walking in. It was just this guy just full of wisdom that was just w- willing to pour his heart into us. And it, it, it drew me in. Like I literally in my seat leaned forward pretty much the entire time. And it was like, I was hanging on everyone and he didn't talk very loud. He was actually kind of quiet. Um, but I wanted to hear everything that he said. And if it was something that he was emphasizing, I wanted to make sure that I wrote it down. And that's, I, I have a page of notes here. I'm sure you have the same thing. Um, I wanted to make sure that when, when he was taking the time to say something to me that I was taking the time to receive it, to listen to it and to process it because uh, I walked away from there blown away that he would first of all, take the time to invest in some people like us. But at the same time uh, just the amount of knowledge 
and uh, expertise that he had that he was willing to share. And it challenged me to say, what, what am I sharing with others? How am I helping other people? Would I take the time if somebody came to my office and was willing to learn more about what I what I do or, or what our company does or what our culture is, would I take a whole day to do that? And it, it I, I would say it would be a struggle for me to do that before seeing this. It'd probably still be a struggle for me because I feel like a lot of things that we do is, are really important, but I need to make put more of an emphasis on continuing to invest in other people. The, the podcast is a, is a way to do it, but I, do I do it as much outside of the podcast? Probably not. And I, th- I think about it after the fact. I think about it when I get home and I'm like, oh, man, that was an opportunity for me to to really invest in somebody. And I was so focused on being cool, calm and collected that uh, or, or or being kind of you know confident or, or not showing any weakness that I didn't take that opportunity to give back to that person. And uh, I need to do a better job of this. And, and, and I want to I want to ask you this. Kellen, because I know that uh, we're getting towards the new year. Probably by the time this will be released, we'll be right at the new year or just slightly after that. And uh, I, I'm kind of contemplating right now what what am I what am I going to be focused on for next year, and 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 uh, what what are what are going to be the things that, in terms of whether it be goals that I set or things that I'm working towards, what what does that look like, and. Uh, I don't know if you do this, but I, I, I talk to a lot of people that they have a word for their year. Uh, so this this year for me was service. How can I help other people? What can I what can I do to give back? And for 2019, I feel like my word is love, and that's this one's probably going to be the hardest one for me. Is how do I how do I love other people? It's easier for me to love people I like. But how do I love people that I don't like? Or how do I love people that I don't have a connection with? And so I guess my question to you, Kellen, is with, with all those different things that we're talking about, is what are you kind of working towards in, in the next year, taking some of the things that we've learned from Chick-fil-A? Uh, and what are what are you what would you say your your purpose is for 2019? That's that's a heck of a question. Yeah, you didn't know I was going to go into that. Whatever. No, absolutely not. This. But, you know, I, I think first and foremost, what I just heard, I want to recap. I think it's really special that your word for 2018 was service and you got to end it by visiting Chick-fil-A and, and watching a man walk out in service. I mean, even the way he set one of the, the key roles of a leader is creating safety. Right. And he was so cool, calm and collected. He fidgeted. If you go watch, um, Aramis's video, and I think it's on mine and your Facebook, Evan. Yeah. You can see him even fidget his feet like a little child. <laughs> I mean, he he just didn't care, and and he was he was such a servant that day. He also loved on us, right? Yeah, um, I think that's so cool that that was your word. My big thing this next year's habits, and mm-hmm. so I don't know what my word is because I do a word in January, um, yeah. much like you're talking about. But I've been really thinking about habits because I do the same thing you just said. There'll be certain things I've set up professionally that I can execute very, very well and they give back. But do I have a spirit of giving back all the time? Is that natural to me? And how do I develop a habit to be a servant all the time? So when I'm called to do that, and if, if my true values say that, you know, people are more important than money, people are more important than work. Do I show that? Cause Dan Cathy did. Yeah. Dan Cathy absolutely did. And I think I, again, it gives me hope and I hope it gives you hope that it is attainable. It can be done at the highest level. And I think that, you know, hopefully you take that challenge moving into next year 
as as something that we can look back at the end of 2019 and say, what were you able to do that? And and part of this now is, you know, so you're you're getting kind of the idea of what you want to do, but you know, it's it's getting that plan together and and striving towards that. And if you don't mind, I'm I'm gonna keep asking you about it moving into uh, the next couple of months because I'm curious to see how you're able to walk that out. No, I I think that's a an awesome thing to do. And it brings up a really good point too. something else I, I believe a lot in. And Evan, I know you do is accountability, mm-hmm. putting yourself around the right people, but giving them permission Man, share what you're passionate about, share what you're working on and give them permission to hold you accountable to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I'm actually kind of walking through right now, becoming a small group leader for my church. Uh, and I've never done this before. So this is something for me that's, uh, it's new and it's outside of my comfort zone. Um, and it was one of the th- reasons that I'm making some changes, changes that we'll be talking about here in the podcast in the next couple of weeks as well, too, um, uh, in, in terms of how I'm uh, the different things I'm, I'm, I'm doing in 2019. Um, but, but this is one of the new things that I'm, that I'm adding in. And so, first of all, I challenge anybody listening, if, if you're doing the same thing over and over again, um, it's time to kind of evaluate that kind of, what do I keep doing? What do I stop do, doing? And what do I start doing? And so I really encourage you again at the, the beginning of this year to, to take uh, inventory of that. Uh, I'm, I've been doing that over the last couple of months and I'm excited to talk about some of the changes coming uh, up. But one of the things that I wanted to do was to, to be a small group leader and they have an acronym uh, as I've been doing some of the training for it. And, and I want to make sure, I hope I remember all of it, but it's VESPA in terms of how to approach this leadership role. And the first part of it is vulnerability, creating, being vulnerable and setting the example of vulnerability. And that's going to invite others to be vulnerable as well, which again will breed relationship. It'll it'll create that environment where people will begin to trust and uh, and be willing to share and willing to grow. Uh, the A in that, or sorry, the V E uh, E is encouraging. I think. Um, encouraging other people. So as they're talking, as they're doing stuff, uh, you're helping. Uh, encourage them in what they're saying because they may be saying something they may be talking about something they're not comfortable talking about but if you reinforce that and say man thank you so much for sharing i'm so glad that you did that that's going to help them uh be more willing to share as well uh s b e s uh i can't remember that one off the top of my head and then uh i can't remember the other two but the a in it is accountability and uh so on the a part is holding those people accountable and and really kind of setting their goals maybe for them up front like finding out from them what they want to do uh and and so i'm challenging myself to do that and then i'm going to need people around me to keep me accountable so that goes kind of outside of the small group side of things but ultimately what we want to do is we want to create an environment where people can grow where, where people can uh become closer with each other and closer to god and so i'm really excited about this opportunity um I actually, I'm sure some of my small group friends are actually going to be listening to this. So you're going to get a little bit of a window behind my thought process in it, but uh, I'm excited to do it. And I'm so glad that you brought up accountability because we need to be more accountable to each other. Um, I don't know that I have uh, the the core accountability group that I want yet. And that's part of that is finding those people and growing with those people. And in order to do that, you have to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to share with people what you're working towards. And when you do that, I think you're able to grow uh, as an individual and as a leader. I think you're absolutely right. Um, and, and in tracking that, I'd, I'd be interested when I follow up with you to see, you know, 
what the individuals you invite into your small group look like. Um, and, and as you start them down a path, you know, what are some of the challenges? Not directly, you know, naming people, of course, but it, it should bring up some challenges that a lot of us face. Mm-hmm. I think they will all make good topics. Yeah, I'm hoping for growth. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for that because I, I've experienced a lot of growth in the last couple of years because people have been willing to put into me. And so I'm hoping that uh, that I can I can put myself in that posture of service that uh, that Dan talked about and and see how I can be used to help other people, uh, you know, by you being on this this podcast and talking about your experience with the Chick-fil-A thing. I think you're helping other people too. I mean, there's organizations that you're involved in as well. And, uh, with a band of brothers, I mean, I want to get to a point where we're doing more of that. And I think that, you know, when, when we get hung up on our job and our occupation and the titles, and we talk about our identity and everything else, um, I think it's really easy to get from a, from a, from a human standpoint, uh, that's always what we kind of work towards. But then there's a, a turning point that I believe happens where the other things become more important. And I feel like when we're talking about young business leaders, um, if we can get them more tuned into it earlier, I think they're going to have a more fulfilled life. And so that's why we're spending a lot of time talking about this stuff is because that if you can see people walking it out like we like i and you were able to see dan walking out his faith walking out uh his company's culture walking out servant leadership being that person that can then inspire other people uh to walk in that same path and see that it's possible but also see the benefits from it i mean chick-fil-a is a very successful company um from a revenue standpoint from a service standpoint from a culture standpoint I mean, they're checking all the boxes. And so when any, anytime I have an opportunity to learn from a group like that and share that, I want to, I want to try to figure out ways to do, to do more of that. Kellen, I want to give you an opportunity to kind of close it up and, and, and wrap it up, uh, in terms of some, either some key takeaways that you had that maybe we haven't talked about yet, or, or just something that we've talked about in this that you want to continue to build on. But I'd love to kind of hear a little bit more from you on some of the things that you walked away with. Yeah. I mean, what was, was amazing and, and you're kind of ending it, right. You're, you're going into these small groups and you're going to bring like-minded people together to really be vulnerable with one another and share. Um, and it creates that space just like EE creates a space for a bunch of CEOs that are kind of getting stiff to go have some fun and remember that life's about more than work. Right. It's been a beautiful benefit for me, but hopefully your small group, uh, equips and empowers people to be vulnerable, uh, to get around the right people, to seek God first and to understand what service is. That's what we learned down there. One of the key other takeaways uh, for me was to continue to learn from people and organizations. Um, and Dan Cathy and then two of his executives said this, that do the same kind of things. Um, Christ-based or biblical principle-based organizations and people. And what are they doing? You mentioned uh, my pleasure you know, Truett got that from the Ritz-Carlton. They were very um, specific about how they wanted their client's experience to be. He remembered that and he, quote unquote, I love how they did this. They borrowed it for somebody else that already walked with excellence. And they've done that over and mm-hmm. over again by studying great people and great organizations. And I'd encourage everybody uh, that's listening, all the young professionals to to really study 
the organizations and the people that have made a positive impact, not just an impact, but a positive impact that have a walk with, with Christ and what are they doing and what are some key takeaways uh, that you can move forward or borrow uh, from what you learn from them? Yeah, I love I, I love that part because when you look at the innovation part that they had, the, the innovation is really expensive. <laughs> awesome. I mean, yeah, the amount of time that they spend on that and the amount of resources they have to it, that is so expensive. And so talking about borrowing, reverse engineering, however you want to call it, um, I, I don't know that there's a patent on my pleasure. So, I mean, I'm already starting to say it myself too, but uh, I, I think that you're right. I mean, you know, you can walk away from a lot of the things that Chick-fil-A has learned and maybe they learned it from someplace else, but these are things that we can implement into our lives and into our businesses and we can grow because of it. Um, and we can take that courtesy, we can take that service and we can grow our businesses and we can grow in our, in our leadership to really help people uh, and our customers uh, feel more valued, feel more um feel like we care because I think we do. And I think that if you can model that like Truett and Dan have, then I think people will connect with that and they'll become some of the biggest fans and some of the biggest supporters uh, that you could ever ask for. No, you're hundred percent right. I mean, and think about how much they value their people. Yeah. It's always about innovation, but Evan, they shared with us, they really created that hundred square thousand square foot pay place so that their people would have an input because it's their people that make Chick-fil-A great, that have the great ideas. Uh, I also thought a key takeaway, remember I was on that giant uh, adult swing, like, right? Well, during that, it was the the whole red green scenario. They identified that every meeting doesn't have to be serious. You need to give people freedom to be goofy, to think outside the box on things that don't make sense. And you can, dwindle those down in a different meeting, but let people just dream. And I, that's something that doesn't exist in my culture, right. That will now, that was a huge takeaway for me. Yeah. I think what they call the logic monster. Like if we're creating right now, we don't want any logic monsters. We will, when we get further on in the process, then we can start picking it apart, but let's just, let's just dream for a little bit and, and try to figure out all sorts of brainstormed ideas, innovative ideas and then we can go there. But as soon as somebody throws something out there, if you're the first person to shoot it down and man, that one cut me right to the car. I was like, dang it. I'm that guy. <laughs> yeah. They made, they made fun of Corey the whole time. So Corey Minner, he got made fun of. I just wanted to throw that out there so everybody could hear it. Uh, <laughs> but in a reality, I think we can all be that guy. And I think yeah. that was a great takeaway and a great reminder for all of us to make a safe place uh, for people to dream and have an input because your people make your organization what it is. Yeah. And I, I think it's important to recognize that it, there's a place for that, right? There's a place for dreaming, but there's also a place for, for being analytical and, and, and going through that innovation, innovative process. But in those early stages, don't stifle that creativity. And so, you know, we always t- hear about the term, well, we've always done it this way, or you can't do it that way. We've tried that before in the past. You got to throw some of that stuff out in the beginning and, and, uh, and relook at stuff because the market changes, people change. Um, you can't, uh, always, you can't make a blanket statement and say, well, we've done that before in the past. So therefore it it will never work. It's, it didn't work then it will never work again. And I think that's too close minded thinking. I think hopefully what 
the innovative the innovative lab that they have is it challenges some of those statements and, and if anything encourages them to always be looking at that model we may get to a point where and i talked to him about it from a technology standpoint uh, what does chick-fil-a do when there's more and more kiosks there's more and more uh, customers doing self-service as opposed to having a human element involved and that's what the expectation becomes how do you incorporate courtesy into that at that point and it's it's something that is probably not on the forefront of their business but it is going to be something that hopefully that innovation that innovation lab addresses because they may get to a point where there's less and less people in their buildings uh, that can communicate that 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 courtesy that they've built their business on and then how do they separate themselves no you're exactly right you know something i noticed when you said that too evan and, and this is is a great reminder um, a lot of people think we can only learn from dan kathy we can all learn from one another and uh, an excited 20 year old can teach me a thing or two and when you asked that question a pen and paper came out from every executive and they started writing it down they they had key yeah. takeaways from us as well. They no they didn't discount any idea or any comment. And a couple of them that you and, and some of the guys that went with us made were were excellent. They're hey, yeah. this is the trends I'm seeing, and they were ready with pen and paper to to document those and reattack them once we left. <laughs> well, if I see any of those things that uh, we suggested out implemented, man, I'm gonna have a full heart because that'll be awesome. That uh, that you know, just a little visit there, and and. You know, again, that goes back to them being willing to take that time. There is things that they have the opportunity to potentially learn from us because we're consumers. I mean, we're that that first line of customer, and we're there in front of them. There's a lot that they can learn from us, and I I really feel like that they took the uh, they took advantage of the time of us being there to potentially learn something uh, as well. Kellen, thank you so much for for taking some time to kind of go through this with me. Um, I'm going to try to figure out a way to share a link of Dan's conversation with us. Uh, right now it's, it's on Facebook on, on a friend of ours page. So I don't know exactly how we'll be able to share it, but, uh, we'll, we'll try to figure something out so you can check it out. If not, um, I think that we covered a lot of the different things that, 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 that we talked about. I would encourage, uh, listeners find some sort of groups. Uh, obviously this, this podcast experience, or extends well beyond uh, Oklahoma and Tulsa. And so if there's not an organization around uh, like the one that we're talking about, maybe that's your opportunity to create something like that. Maybe it's uh, something that you want to explore on your end. You know, get a group of guys together and go have fun, go learn from each other. Uh, and But at, at the same time, create opportunities uh, for you to be around maybe like-minded people or people maybe a little bit more successful than you so you guys can learn from each other. I've benefited a lot from uh, organizations like Executive Experiences and, and the Young Businessmen of Tulsa. And I think that you know if you're learning and uh, if you have a lot of knowledge and you're not sharing it or you're not involved in an organization where you're around people like that you can learn from and that can learn from you, that I would challenge you in this next year to go out there and pursue that. Listeners, remember, choose to connect, seek development, and be inspired. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com.
If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.